0: Well, let's just open up in a word of prayer, and then I'm going to have Pastor Taylor read something to us, and we'll get started tonight with a message. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for coming to this earth, for doing what you did for us by making a way for us to receive salvation. And Christmas is a reminder of the gift that the Father gave to us in you. And we're so grateful for that gift. Really, Christmas is about giving and loving one another. And we're so grateful that we have that opportunity to do that. So we just say, Holy Spirit, come. Open up hearts and minds. Encourage people, those that maybe are here and this is a a hard time, a hard season of the year. I just pray you wrap your arms around them and let them know that you are with them You are a very present help in the time of trouble, in the time of loneliness, even when you're battling depression, you're always there. You're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So we just ask God for you to have your way as we just worship you and later on receive communion. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Judge Andrew Napolitano, America at Christmas. What if Christmas is a core value of belief and a personal God who lived among us in his freely given promise of eternal salvation that no believer should reject or apologize for? What if Christmas is the rebirth of Christ in the hearts of all believers? What if Christmas is the potential rebirth of Christ in every heart that we, uh, in every heart that will have him, whether a believer or not? What if Jesus Christ was born about 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem? What if he is true God and true, and true man? What if this is a mystery and a miracle? What if this came about as part of God's plan for the salvation of all people? What if Jesus was sent into the world to atone for our sins by offering himself as a sacrifice? What if he was sinless? What if his life was the most critical turning point in human history? What if the reason we live is that he died? What if after he died, he rose from the, from the dead? What if he was murdered by the government because it feared a revolt if it did not murder him? What if the government thought he was crazy when he said he is a king, but his kingdom is not of this world? What if he was not crazy, but divine? What if when he said that he could forgive sins, he was referring to himself as God? What if he is one of the three parts of a triune God? What if this is an, inexplic- an inexplicable mystery? What if there is no power without mystery? What if the power he possessed he exercised only for the good? What if he truly gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, musculature to the lame, hope to the delusioned, courage to the weak, and even life to the dead? What if he freely did these things but sought no acclamation for them? What if after each of these miracles, he disappeared into the temple precincts or walked well past the crowd, lest the crowd hail him as a temporal or secular leader? What if there was in that towering personality a deep thread of shyness? What if he was shy about his goodness? What if he was shy about his godness? What if he loved saving us? What if he was joyful but did not want us to see his joy? What if he knew all along how profoundly, untimely, and utterly painful the end of his life on earth would be, but he neither feared nor avoided it? What if his greatest display of love was self-restraint on the cross? What if most of the world that he came to save has rejected him? What if he still loves those who have rejected him? What if he still offers them salvation? And what if his offer is real and forever? Lord, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you so much for everything that you are doing, everything that you will continue to do. And Father, we just look to uh, the, the year to come with excitement, with, with courage, with strength, uh, with you uh, as our cornerstone, with you being the uh, fire, uh, the pillar of fire and the, and the pillar of cloud, Father, we just, we just pray that you will be the, our leading light, our leading strength, God, our comforter, Father, we pray that we put all of our hope and trust in You, no matter what may come our way. Father, help us to stand strong in the faith. Help us to not back down. Help us to stand for righteousness. Help us to stand for truth. Help us to proclaim boldly in a way that we've never proclaimed before. Your name and Your name only. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm going
0: to read out of Luke chapter 2 as we start the service tonight, the message. And I think one of the things that You need to do in your home is establish traditions. Establish traditions, things that God would uh, be glorified in with your children. I think it's really important to do that. We used to always read the Christmas story to the children and uh, to make sure that they were uh, fully focused on what that season was all about. And so I just encourage you to do that. But look with me at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 11. Verse 11, and we're going to start reading right there. Luke 2:11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord? And this will be a sign for you: you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of in, of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased."
2: you deliver
0: look at Christmas, many of you have memories of going back. Different things that you celebrated. I remember going to Market Square and there was a little brick building and Santa was there. Anybody remember that over at Market Square? Some of you remember that, yeah. You would go over there. and I remember going to see Santa and I was five years old and I was in kindergarten and a friend of mine named Lynn in kindergarten told me he knew karate And I told him I was a boxer. And there was these big closets in Centennial School. So we decided to show each other who was the toughest. And he karate chopped my eye. And I had a big black eye. And I got in all kinds of trouble. And it was on my report card. And so I go in to see Santa with my mom, and I'm looking away from him. He's like, what would you like for Christmas? Oh, I don't. He goes, Well, look at me. Ow. What happened to your eye? I was fighting. I was a bad boy. (laughs) He was a good Santa, though. But I always will remember that. It just stood out to me because my mom wanted to make sure Santa saw my eye, (laughs) she wanted something established there. But, you know, you have family members, and some of them, you know, you just give them a tie or socks. And for older folks, as they get older, they just want socks and undergarments. I don't know why. It's okay, baby Jesus. <laughs> but it's, it's, Christmas is really, really not about the following things. Christmas is not about traveling or too much traveling. It's not about parking and finding the right spot and getting upset while you're shopping. It's not about your electric bill, worried about how high it's going to be because they all wanted lights. Christmas is not about lovers' quarrels, which tend to happen at this season, or quarrels over finances. I had one gentleman tell me he's going to be sharing some things with his wife after this Christmas season. Financial drain. Christmas is not about family dynamics and who's coming and who do you have to walk on eggshells when you're around them because it's just like they. Christmas is not about emotional frustration, excess consumerism. It's not about a season of lies. It's not about the work holiday party or some Christmas party that you stress over. And I know for sure Christmas is not about a fruitcake because they don't taste that good. But sometimes in Christmas, we get so caught up and we look at the manger and we think about Joseph and Mary and we think about things going on in our lives. And Jesus should be he really should be the center of the manger. But this is what I see happening in our nation. And it's happened for a long time. Christmas to some people, it's all about sports. My team, playoffs. It's college pride. I bleed crimson red. I'm a boiler. I can't even say what that school is in Bloomington. I don't know who would even think about that. But we get so caught up, and those things become such a passion, they're our focus instead of what's really in the manger. For some people, it's my next prescription, it's what I need to ease my pain, or maybe it's an addiction. They're prescribed, but you're addicted, and that's all you think about is my pain, my pain, and you've forgotten what the real manger's about. For others, if it's not a football team, it's NASCAR. Who watches NASCAR? My dad did. He loved NASCAR. So what did I do? I'd watch the five minutes of a, the last five minutes. So when I saw him. Son, did you see? I saw who won, Dad, because he loved NASCAR. For some of you, oh, it's your iPad. It's social media. It's your iPhone. It's all about being on there, getting liked, finding out the latest, focusing on this thing, spending hours, hours on this, but not much time studying who was in the manger. We get so caught up in the wrong priorities. For others, oh, this is going to really touch some people, it's great harvest bread. <laughs> it's great bread. It's maple pecan. It tastes like cinnamon. But for some people, Christmas is all about food. And your daily life is nothing but food. Gluttony. You know, it says in Ezekiel one of the reasons that Sodom was destroyed pride and gluttony. Doesn't say homosexuality, pride and gluttony. But for others, oh, it's movies, it's watching the latest and the greatest getting your Blu-ray out, getting it on your phone, watching it, just spending hours consumed by this. Junk in, junk out. What's your priority? That's all I'm asking. I'm not knocking all this stuff. I'm just asking, where does this fit in the manger for you? Is Jesus the priority, or is it something else? Then there's others. Academia, the studies, education, got to study, got to further, got to get that degree. Solomon was the wisest man on earth. But in the end, it led him astray. And he said, all was vain. All was vain. Be careful what you put in your mind. Be very careful. And then for others, I think about them, it's, it's pleasure It's my next ticket. Where are we going on vacation? Hawaii, Florida. I live for my vacation. No, you need to live for Jesus. But it's pleasure, what you're living for. For others, it's all about time. My time, TikTok, DC talk years ago, time is ticking away. What are you spending your time doing? Are you in the Word? Are you studying who Jesus is? Are you growing as a disciple? I'm just asking a simple question tonight. Christmas Eve, what's in your manger? Is it all about you, your pleasure, what you want? And then we go into the new year. And it's all about numbing yourself. A little bit of do you. But for a lot of people, they get addicted. They find something to numb their lives so they don't have to deal with things. And I struggle when I see people doing this because I know that just a few drinks can change who you are. You know, we we hammer all these things to society, and we want to tax cigarettes and all that. They need to put a lot more tax on this. Because this is killing a lot of people. A lot of alcohol, destroying lives, destroying families. Well, Owen, that's not very true. I'm just asking, what's in your manger? What do you live for? What keeps you going? It should be the baby Jesus. I'm going to let Mary and Joseph go down now. Thank you for coming. Taking baby Jesus. So I'm just asking you to ask yourself tonight is there anything that's taken the place of baby Jesus? Of Jesus being Lord of my life? What has become a priority? Is it your retirement? Because that could be gone. That could be gone. I'm not saying don't be a good steward. I'm just saying if you've got your hope and money, oh my gosh, if if that's what's doing it, I mean if if it's all about if it's all about this, this could be gone tomorrow. If that's what it's about. What are you living for? What's in your manger? I was going to put this in there, but after the service, I may not find it. Somebody may come up and... (laughs) What has your attention? Is it presents? Is Christmas all about presents? No. I'm a giver. I love giving presents. I love doing things for people. But Christmas isn't about presents. It's not about a tree. Those are all fun things, but it's not about that. It's about God the Father sending His Son who was lying in a manger so that you and I could have an opportunity to be redeemed from sin. That's what it's about. There's going to be a baby there. Hello, a baby. That's amazing. 1 John 4, 1 through 6 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world today. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's something for us to remember. We have victory in Christ. We have victory in Christ. So, my first point tonight is this. Jesus came to remind you that you're not alone. Jesus came to remind you that you are not alone. You may feel alone at this season. You know, a a year and a half ago, we lost my dad. I was watching some videos of Christmas, and we were all, the family was there, and and it was um, probably like the 21st or 22nd of December, and we all came bringing them gifts, and somebody got my dad. (laughs) A $200 Bass Pro gift card. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. He was so excited he couldn't believe it. Matter of fact, if my dad had his way at that point, he would tell us all to go home. He was going to get the catalog out and get what he wanted because he loved fishing that much. And I have great memories of my dad at Christmas and throughout life, but he's in heaven. Much better place. Much better place. You may have been abandoned, broken, left, set aside, set aside by life, but Jesus came to the earth for your restoration. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. I was reading Hebrews 13, 4, and 5, and it says, Let marriage be held in high honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexual immoral immoral and the adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. But I like this part. This is what stuck out to me in verse 5. But then he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may not see him, you may not feel him, but Jesus is always there. He is always there. He is always there. Isaiah 43 2 says, When you pass through waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you. God's telling us that he's with us. He's there. Even when those around us seem to fail us or not be there, Jesus is always there. He knows, he cares, but most of all, our Savior that came and was in a manger understands. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus understands. Tell him that this evening. Jesus understands. So many times where we are today, we get so caught up in facts that are being put out there or so-called facts. But can I tell you something? Facts are trumped by the truth of God's Word. I want to say that again. Facts are trumped by the truth of God's Word. I can give you a fact, but God's Word It trumps it all, what God says. That's why we have to keep our focus on him. We don't walk according to the flesh. We walk according to the spirit. God is much bigger than your current situation and your current circumstances. If you are born again and you know Christ is your Savior, you should have a different perspective. Look at point number two. Jesus came to remind you that he loves you. Jesus came to remind you that he loves you. Romans 8.31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Would you read that with me? Let's read it together. I want you to get that. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Man, just get that there. No matter what you're going through, difficult times in your marriage, maybe with your children, maybe with a family member, maybe at work, maybe in your health. If God be for you, who can be against you? So important to understand that. I want to remind people, too, because some of you grew up in a church where it was hellfire and brimstone, and and if you weren't at the altar or you weren't repenting every moment, you were going to go to hell. I want to remind you, Jesus loves you, and he's not out to secretly get you. God's not sadistic. He's full of the fruit of the Spirit. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the meekness, the self-control, the faithfulness. He's full of that. God's not mad at you. As a matter of fact, God is not mad at you. He is mad about you. He is mad about That's how much he loves you. I was talking with a brother the other day, and he goes, you know, Owen, I can see in you. You lean more toward grace than you. I said, I just believe he loves us so much. And he really wants to help us out of our messes and to get us through each day. I believe it's so true. So God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He saw all your mistakes, your turmoil, your sin. It was all factored in, and he said, I'm going to still die for you because you are so valuable to me. That's incredible. If we could just get our wives, men, to start feeling more like that toward us. Oh, I heard some amens. I was just kidding. I was just... He saw all your mistakes and turmoil and sin. And you know what? Even in your trials, he establishes you. He brings things in and through you up to grow you. You were created to fulfill all that God had planned. You were created to get to know Jesus, to stay fueled by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, and then to grow in his Word, to meditate upon his Word. And as you do that, oh, my, look out, devil. Because as you walk into a place the presence of God in you will make a difference. I promise you. Then lastly, Jesus wants, the third point, to be the center of your life. Jesus wants to be the center of your life. Many times throughout history, political leaders felt threatened by Christianity. We see that even today. Political leadership feels threatened by Christianity. Why? Because they can't control it. And people's faith in God supersedes them. It's sad that that fear and insecurity have caused tragic abuse of power. Tragic abuse of power. And it's caused irrational fears and irrational decisions. where people have been murdered, prosecuted, tortured, because of irrational fears. When Jesus came to give them an opportunity to have peace of heart and peace of mind. I think about John 3.16, but I want to read 17 also. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, For God did not send His own Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. So I just want you to pause a moment, and I want you to think, in 2022, what do I have to be thankful for? What do I have to be thankful for? Because as you focus on the good things that God has done, in your life, it's amazing how you'll start to forget some of the bad things that are going on right now. So, just think of some good things that have happened this year. How has God blessed you? How has God touched you? What change has He made? What are some of those blessings? What are you thankful for? But then I want you to ask yourself this. If you could change something next year, and do something different, what would that be? Write it down. God, if I could change something in me for 2023, this is what it would be. Salvation is why Christ came. He came for you. He came for your benefit. He saved us from sin. He saved us from selfishness. He saved us for a higher purpose. We all have a higher purpose in our lives. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, Surely there is not a righteous man on the earth who does good and never sins. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Psalm 118.5 says, Out of my distress I called on the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. God gave His Son, the Father gave His Son, that we might have redemption, and after Jesus rose from the grave, He gave us the Holy Spirit. Amen. God is a God of giving. He wanted to bless us. Jesus carried that on and said, "Now I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to bless your life.": It
3: seems like an night that we never seen stars shining. Is born, glory to God, the highest.
0: We are so grateful to be here at Church Alive, to be able to serve you as a congregation for all that you've done. That's right, Robin, you have to come up with Brian, I know you hate this. But we also know it's a privilege and it's an honor, not only to serve Jesus, but to be able to serve you in so many ways. Robin got to ring the bell a little over a month ago. She is cancer free. Can we say thank you, Jesus? After a long battle, and I told Robin the other night, oh, we need her, because we all need to help her with Brian. We need her. But if you look at each of these couples and you see the joy of the Lord and just their love for one another and the goodness that flows out of them, it's because you've poured into us also. And we're grateful for you. So we're going to pray a blessing over you. And then we're just going to wish you a Merry Christmas. Enjoy your family, but keep Jesus at the center of your manger. Amen? Reevaluate your priorities. Keep him at the center. Grandparents, you don't get a second chance to disciple these little ones. Parents, you don't get a second chance. Pour as much of God into them while they're willing to take it. 95% of what you establish is done by the age of 13. Their morals. So pour it in. Lord, we just speak blessing over all these watching tonight, those that are here. We thank you for them. We say, Lord... Magnify their lives. Take them deeper. May 2023 be a tremendous year of them growing in you, of them blessing others, of them being able to share their testimony and speak of your precious sacrifice. Help them to disciple others and display your fruit each and every day. And we're so grateful for them. So bless them and bless all these on the stage and help us, God, to go forth and make a difference. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. With me, we wish you a Merry Christmas. God bless you. Take some cookies with you as you go.
4: If you'd like to support the ministry at Church Alive, there are three easy ways for you to give. You can give at www.churchalivewc.org. Click the giving button in the top of the menu, then you will scroll to the giving page, and there you will choose a designation. Then type in the amount you'd like to give. You can choose to give to another fund by clicking the add a donation button. Leave a comment or make your gift recurring by clicking in the box. Then you will click whether you want to give by a card or your bank account, enter your information and check the amount you want to give, then click the submit button. You can also give through the Church Alive app that can be found in your phone's app store. Once you've downloaded the app, click on the Church Alive app, click the giving button, and then click continue on the next page. You'll be taken to the app's giving page. From there, follow the instructions for giving online. If you'd like to send a check, the address is Church Alive Worship Center at 2401 South 100 West, Lafayette, Indiana, 47909. We want to thank you for being part of the Church Alive family, and we pray that God will bless you.